Hi there, everyone. I'm Fox News Rup Raj. On the October 19th edition of Let It Rip, we tackled the issue of pit bulls after another young child was mauled to death by one. Is it the breed or is it the way they're capped? We take a closer look and the union battles continue, not just with the UAW, but with the casino workers. Are they asking for too much or are they right on point? We'll dig in. And with that, let's let it rip. Time now to let it rip with animal rescue advocate Lauren DeLega, Reverend W.J. Rideout, who believes pit bulls are dangerous. Celeste Dunn, an attorney who says there might be civil rights issues involved in banning pit bulls. And former assistant Detroit Police Chief Steve Dolan, who's seen his share of problems because of many dogs, including pit bulls as well. And of course, our attorney and anchor, Charlie Langton, with us as well. Good to see all of you with this Let's Let It Rip. Let's begin with you, Lauren. Uh, you know, if you just do a simple search and talk about what you've seen in terms of pit bulls, not even talking about what happened this past week, which was so tragic mm -hmm. uh, just yesterday to hear about a four-year-old in Detroit who was mauled to death by a pit bull. This brings up the topic once again as to whether or not this breed is just simply dangerous. Is it the breed or is it the way these animals are kept? No, I, you know, there's a lot of research out there that shows that the, the breed is not, there's not a clear association with the, the danger that they oppose. It's really the individual dog that's making the difference. It's the owners, it's the way they're kept, it's how they're raised. But really, the, the, it should be on the owners to have control over their dog, um, to protect their dog from dangerous situations, and to know the personality of their dog. Dangerous dogs should not be on the loose. They should be controlled. But in this case, you had a young child who was sitting, uh, apparently, look, the facts are just coming in as you can well yeah. imagine from this investigation, a child who was playing in a yard, a dog apparently dug its way through under the fence, mm -hmm. goes through the fence, grabs this child, drags the child, mm -hmm. locks onto the child, and mauls this child to death. You don't hear about random dog breeds doing this. You only hear about pit bulls. Emma Hernandez, a nine-year-old back in 2019 and 2015, there was a four-year-old. You don't hear about a lot, a lot about other dogs doing this. Would you agree with that? You don't, but if you look at it, 50% of the dog breeds are mixes. So while they're maybe identified as pit bulls, they're not necessarily purebred pit bulls. These are mixes. Um, they're medium-sized, they're muscular dogs that are doing this, yes. But again, it's because the owners do not have control and do not have control over their dog. The dog should never have been in that situation. Reverend Rideout, you've seen this over and over again. A four-year-old yesterday, again, we're talking about the Emma Hernandez back in 2019. Time and time again, when you see sure. these pictures unfold on the news, you have something to say about it. Sure. I, I feel that one death is one death too many, Rupe. And um, we are seeing uh, dogs like pit bulls become uncontrollable. Um, we can, I look at a pit bull like I look at guns. Um, the gun in the hands of a wrong owner or person is the same thing as a pit bull in the hands of a wrong owner. Uh, now it's time that we make these owners, just like you make owners and parents responsible for senseless shootings and killings of kids by guns, then we need to make these owners of pit bulls uh, accountable for the attacks and the uh, atrocities that are happening in our community. Do you think a ban should be considered? Absolutely. Any, I mean, you know, if uh, we, if you can't control the animal, what do you do? They're putting them to sleep. Every time they get them and take them into police custody, what do they take them? They don't take them to a dog hospital. They take them and they euthanize them. So, I mean, why keep killing the poor dogs when you can just band it all together if they're going to be uncontrollable But should there species? be a leash ordinance instead of a, a complete ban? There are lease ordinances out. Detroit has uh, an ordinance that with pit bulls that you're supposed to have license and they're supposed to be a special tattoo 
on the dog. They're not doing that. And so since they're not doing that, these dogs should not be in the uh, company of any person. So this could be a matter of enforcement is what you're saying. We'll get to Steve Dolan in a moment. Absolutely. Who, who knows a lot about this. But Celeste, you're, I, I saw you kind of shaking your head when, you, when we talked about this particular breed necessarily being uh, inherently violent. We know that this breed has had a history, not because of the dog, but because of the people who own them, mm -hmm. uh, of having dog fighting that's happened. We know that they, 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 they said that their jaw latches and it's hard to unlatch the jaw of a pit bull. Do you agree with any of that? Do you see truth in that? Well, I'm not a veterinarian, um, but I've been doing animal law for many years. And let me give you an example. This summer I had a purebred Labradoodle bite a child causing 27 stitches to the dog's head. Did that hit the news? Not a word. And what's happening... But the child wasn't killed and mauled. I think the reason that was on the news is because these... They were talking about three children that were killed in Detroit in the last, what, seven, eight years now. Of course. Hor horrific. Different circumstance. That child lived. Um, but... To solve the problem, I don't think it's a pit bull ban. I think we have a serious ownership problem. Mm -hmm. Under state law, a dangerous animal can be merely a dog that runs at large, that gets out of its backyard. And what's happening is the enforcement of proper fencing. A dog at large ticket is a misdemeanor 90 days in jail. Which is nothing. But it's, it's nothing, <laughs> but yet it shows significance at the state level, the message that you need to, when you have a, a, a strong animal, whether it's a shepherd, a husky, a rottweiler, all these breeds are capable of destruction. Two rottweilers alleged to kill a woman in Bloomfield Hills two years ago. Mm -hmm. Kane Corso's 10 years ago on the runner. Mm -hmm. When you have a strong breed, owner responsibility is absolutely the bottom line. And why that dog was in the position to kill this child is ground zero for me. It should never have happened. The owner should be held responsible. And, and but. But, but, the, but we're sending the wrong message. We need boots on the ground. We mm -hmm. have private rescue groups willing to help the city, coordinated efforts. They get pushback. We should have a, mm -hmm. a, a rescue group no, at I every agree. precinct. So they yeah. are on the streets making sure these there's proper containment, proper fencing. We don't have fencing. enough money and enough personal. Well, and let's talk about, let's, 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 let's get to resources. Private enterprise, you're saying, is yeah. willing yeah. to help, yeah. but the city yeah. needs yeah. to allow their cooperation. Yes. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. Steve Dolan, yeah. look, now that you don't work That's for the okay. city anymore, you work the Speak your mind. Speak your mind. He retired, and 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 guess what? You have a lot of expertise in this topic. You were on the force for decades, and while you were there, you saw perhaps what's known as a lack of enforcement. I mean, is animal control able to handle this tall order of taking care of these dogs? No, personnel. They don't have enough personnel for animal control. The police have enough things to worry about. For a while, animal control, I believe, fell under us. For a while, Chief James White, or the assistant chief, had some animal control. There are not enough people in animal control. Absolutely not. There's not enough enforcement. Um, and as far as the pits, I was there. I mean, I watched that video, the most disturbing one, where they, the dogs came under the fence. Yeah. Grabbed that child from the mother. Remember that? Several years oh, yeah. ago, dragged him back. Sure. And mauled him. And a police officer ended up <sighs> shooting the dogs. Okay, so I, and that was the most disturbing video I've ever seen. No, there's not enough people in animal control. No. Are the police going to be enforcing all these little misdemeanor things, like she said? No, but someone should be. So you don't have the proper enforcement to take care of this problem. I, Do you ban the dog? Listen, Steve Dolan, your opinion. No. Why? You, you, you don't ban the dog, but as they've all said, you hammer the hell 
out of the owner. Because whether it's a gun or a pit bull, Come on. you're responsible. It's a responsible parent. Not these kids that leave, you know, 20 year old kids that left uh, the gun out the other day and the little kid. No. Boom. And I don't mean don't do it again. I mean, you want to abuse a dog, leave a dog in the backyard and stuff? Fine, you go to jail, you steal the dog. Charlie, Charlie, more money or better training? What do you do to take care of this problem so that no other child dies at the mouth of a pit bull or any other dog? Well, the problem is the law is very clear on these pit bulls. If the dog runs out, that's a violation. If the dog bites someone, that's a violation. But that's the criminal side of it. I think there's a civil side of it as well. Yes. And you can sue the owner of the dog. Now, in this case, I don't know if the owner is around. And then again, I don't know if the owner has insurance. Uh, the, in, in many ways, if you have a pit bull, perhaps there should be not only a license and shots, but an insurance requirement. And have some kind of coverage in case these dogs bite. I'm not in favor of a ban on pit bulls because there are some very good pit bulls from what okay. I have understood there to be. But you've got to put some, you've got to put a little uh, something on the owners though to make sure that these dogs don't go out so and bite Lauren, is it, they is, kill people. Is it education? Do, is it advocacy within the neighborhood? What does it take at the yeah, ground level? I mean, it is, it is better enforcement of current laws, maybe more stricter laws in terms of leash and having control over your pet. It's more better education and and um, less expensive neutering and spay because these dogs that are living outside, they're not being neutered either. So they're just increasing the problem of all these Reverend dogs. Reverend when you hear these solutions, do they hit the target for you or do you think that there needs to be a heck of a lot more done? Not at all. This is not, this is just a slap on the wrist. And I think that we are having more concern about a dog than we are human life. And um, we, I'm a pet lover too, let me say that. I have a dog. Sure. But sure, my dog is not out running the street, biting people and eating up people. Now, here's the thing if you can't control the dog, then you don't need to have the dog. Just like we're permitting people from having guns now, we need to permit certain people from having dogs. And if it has how to do you do that? How do you go, do that? Celeste, so how do you do that as an attorney? How do you do that? Can you can't stop laws. someone from saying you can't have a dog, can you? you well, same way you do guns. Yeah. Same thing you do guns. The different licensing yeah. process. Yeah. You have right? to do it. Yeah, the laws on the books and at the state level is basically, let's say your dog runs at large, that falls under a dangerous dog category where the, do where the court can then order the dog confined to the premises or order the dog euthanized. I am a proponent, I think that law should be changed to just what the reverend saying. You yeah. lose ownership rights because I don't think the dog should necessarily be punished for merely running at large but it's it's messaging these owners of the importance sure. to prevent this this has got to stop this this cannot continue so Absolutely. back in the day there was it was another breed that was talked about as being really really sure violent was. Rottweilers mm -hmm. in the 80s I remember watching the local news yeah. here in Detroit as a young mm -hmm. person going wait sure. Rottweilers are the problem now pit bulls if we keep assigning blame to different breeds we're not getting to the root of the problem Steve it's the people Mm -hmm. Some are <laughs> ignorant, some are negligent, some are and some are just freaking stupid. They have no business owning a dog. Thank you. And it's not against law to be stupid. <laughs> the jails would really be filled. But the point is, they have no business owning a dog at all. And when you see dogs that are in, in chain, where did, you see these idiots walking strapped with a nine, walking down the street with a ten-pound chain carrying a vicious pit bull. It's like, yeah, I'm a bad. <laughs> no, actually, you're a dumb because the dog gets out. They're going to sue you if it bites yeah. anyone. Yeah. Or when you yeah. don't have the dog, on the other fellow gangbanger's going to shoot your.
I want to no. thank all of you for joining us here today. This is an important discussion that starts to scratch the surface, hopefully one that will continue in the circles that it needs to continue in so that we can find a solution so that we don't have other kids who are hurt and killed like we've seen. Thank you to our panel for joining us today. Charlie and I on the other side of the break, when we come back, two different strikes in two different industries, but both could have a major impact on the Motor City, the automakers and casinos, both huge for driving Detroit's economy. We're diving into that when we come back here on Let It Rip. Diving into the dual strikes happening right now in Detroit. We're talking, of course, about the Detroit casinos and also the UAW, which continues now, what, more than a month later, and uh, it is taking a toll on so many workers. Joining us now on our panel, James David Dixon. We thank you, a conservative columnist, for joining us today. And, of course, uh, Coleman Young, Jr., it's always good to see you as well. Thank you for joining us, city councilman, here to talk about an important issue that drives Detroit's economy. Charlie's been covering both of these stories. All right, let's break it down for people at home right now. We're talking about a situation where they say, hey, look, after COVID in the casinos, they're saying fewer people are working. And because of that, the people who are left there working are doing more work. And they say, you know what? We need to lessen the workload and increase our pay. Is that fair, James? It is fair. I mean, everyone is saying kind of the same thing. And, you know, everyone wants more pay for less work. That does make sense. Uh, but for Detroit, you know, the situation is pretty worrisome. There's years where casino revenue will, will rival property tax revenue. So it is a huge driver for for the city. So this is not just something that affects one sector. It can affect the well-being of the city itself. The people who are working these jobs are people on the other side, yes, probably on social media and other places, uh, where they're saying, you know what, you're asking for too much. Less work, more money just isn't going to work. Coleman, what do you tell them? Well, first of all, let me just say, Rupe, it's always a pleasure to see you. Little always great to see you, my man. My main <laughs> man, honey, Grant. Listen, let me just say, I think the fact that you have workers who worked during a global pandemic, who lost their lives, who sacrificed blood, sweat, tears, and toil in order for the casinos to stay open and make the record profits that they made, I don't think that they're asking for too much. Quite frankly, I think they're asking for what they rightfully deserve. And I also think the fact that you're at, they, they offer a 3% increase, but you had inflation at one point in time that was at 20%. So it would eat all that away from the casino side. From the UAW side, they asked for 21% increase. They offer 21% increase. But again, inflation was at 20%. It's only a 1% increase. That's wrong. The reason why these corporations have the money that they have is because the sacrifice of the la of labor. And that's why we have the unions here, so that we can close the income gap, we can close this wealth inequality General and Motors, do for workers. General Motors and Ford, both of them coming to the forefront with their own statements, like Sean Finn makes his, and they both said, you know what? We get it. We want to get better deals for our workers. But we have to stop at a certain point, because if we cut into our profits too much, we won't be able to invest into our future. Do you believe that? Well, listen, I think that the UAW, I think that the, the labor unions that are all with uh, my brothers and sisters, they're over there with the casinos, they understand the business. And they understand they have to make sure that the business makes profit. But what they want is a fair shake. And I think what's happened is you've had workers, the reason why we have the profits that they have now, the massive profits, is because of the sacrifice of the workers. Because of the fact that the workers were willing to take on the cuts. They are willing to have their health care cut for them to make this money. And now they're saying you made all this money, you're making record profits. It's time for you to give back to those who gave you the profits in the first place. So at the end the of workers. the day, General Motors says when you give everybody the raises and the packages that they want, people will be making on average 
$100,000 in income. Uh, and they're saying that that's in the top 25% of workers in the United States right now. James, that's not enough, is it? It sounds like a pretty good deal. And if I'm a UAW member who's on strike, I have to wonder what exactly is the exit strategy? Okay, so there's 150,000 UAW members who were auto workers. There's about 340,000 members overall, which means that when you only have 30,000 people on strike, that's a small fraction. And so Sean Fain, the UAW president, he's spoken against the two-tier system. He has a two-tier system. There's one-tier workers making what they make. There's one-tier workers who are on strike making $500 a week. And, and they have to be but saying— that's a temporary thing, right? That just, it's yeah. temporary, but it's not evenly spread. It's not solidarity, so certainly. So everybody should go on strike. Would be a much better strategy, right? That would be a better strategy. It would be hard to <laughs> and survive. And, and here's, here's the problem. Here's the problem. You do that, then you, you burn through your strike fund. So strategically, they can't. Uh, but but you, you do have to think that eventually 10% of the people are going to say, why are we doing 100% of the sacrificing? Well, and Sean Fain, by the way, I mean, he's, I, I assume, watching the headlines and reading what people have to say. Uh, Sean Fain is doing this for the worker. But the workers we talked to yesterday on the picket line, many of them said, I don't know how long I can do this. This is not sustainable. $500? They can't do it. They can't sustain that. They can't sustain, they can't that, sustain right, that. There is a point of no return, I think. But I do think that there's a message to be made, though. I think that the record, it depends how you how you analyze the profits of these companies. But I think the bottom line, though, is for many years, these workers have been working with very minimal raises, very minimal. And that's not right. And I think that when they see the head of the, all the big, the auto workers, when they make these very large salaries, it just doesn't do well. There's another thing, too, is you really want to keep your workforce happy. It's a big deal. When you have workers that are loyal, that devote their lives to your company, you really want to make them happy. And the only, the only the practical way way you can do that is to pay them. And I don't think that they feel they're being paid the right amount. So what I do want to push, do do push back a little bit. I mean, so ahead, we all have jobs and we all have bosses, except Coleman. Coleman doesn't have a boss. The people are <laughs> his the boss. The people are my boss. <laughs> the people are his But it's not uncommon for your boss to make more than you. And I think uh, in, in Metro Detroit, you know, if you are able to afford a home, able to send kids to college, able to maybe have a second home, are you really worried about what Mary Barra makes? These people can't afford so the yes, cars. You want the more. More. What do you think a reasonable salary for someone like Mary Barra or whoever you were talking about, Farley at Ford, what is a reasonable salary for them? Well, listen, I think that's the wrong question. No, Coleman, I Am I going to keep my lights on in my house? Am 
I gonna put gas in my car? Am I gonna keep my lights on my house? Or am I going to have food on the table for my children? And so that's why they're asking for these Coleman, increases. how much more can these workers take? And do you, th how much more can Sean Fain ask for? Is it, is, is he asking for a four day work week or is that just something on the table? Is he saying you need to get the 40%? Because that's not gonna happen. Well, well, well listen, I, I, I don't Doesn't like to, I don't, yeah, I'm gonna say, I don't like to count my eggs for their hash here. But uh, what I would say is I think they're in for the long haul. And I think that management and I think that the CEOs need to really sit down in earnest and have a conversation with labor and work this out. Because the workers right now are hurting, they're starving, they can no longer afford to be in the middle class. And I just think it's a shame that they're making poverty wages while you're having people who are making record numbers of profit. When you it's say wrong. poverty wages, but the GM and Ford both push back on that, saying right. if you're making seventy, eighty thousand dollars a year, you're not at poverty rates. Right. Do you think that that's an inaccurate statement? Well, I think with inflation and the way that inflation is eating it, I would disagree with that. Push back and on so, that. So, Charlie, inflation so is a factor here, in the, but, and but many let's, people. Let's take a look. If someone's worth thirty years at General Motors, okay, yeah. that's a tier one employee. They get a pension. Oh, isn't that good? You know what they get? They get fifty bucks a year for they work. Do the math. It's fifteen hundred bucks a month. That's it. That's all they get. Nobody can live on that. So here are the people devote 30 years of their life and they get a pension of 1500 bucks a month that's it that's terrible i mean and James, that's gotta change. While, while you say that perhaps these ceos deserve to have healthy salaries because of the unique role that they have that i understand but to coleman's point when you take a look at some of the inflated salaries do you think mary barra do you think mr farley do they get it do they understand what the average worker who's going to work breaking their back for this company do they get what they're doing Oh, I think everyone gets what's at stake. Uh, no, Bill no. Ford, do you, does Mary Bill Barra, Ford, Bill Ford do they the, think they the, understand the executive chairman the work, the work. And, and heir of the company, gave a great speech this week talking about this thing. And the part I think people missed is when Ford, he talked about there's a national security reason we want to manufacture domestically, but he also mentioned personal values. It's a personal value of his as a Ford heir that we do be so American-centric in our manufacturing. Uh, which is to say, when you read behind between the lines, if it were a purely business calculation, perhaps we wouldn't be so American-focused, which is to say, if someone else were making those decisions, maybe it wouldn't be. So we're trying to divide up the golden goose. I don't think we understand how fragile the whole thing is. But do you agree that when you hear Bill Ford Jr. talk about Toyota and Tesla being the winners at the end of this whole thing, because at the end of the day, these workers, in essence, he didn't say this, but are extinguishing their own roles yes, by giving business right. elsewhere. Do yes, you believe that? I think you Absolutely. Believe that? Coleman, do you believe I think that we've had a problem with globalization. I think that we've had a problem with outsourcing. It's part of the reason why we're here in the first place. And I don't really like this conversation that all of a sudden we have to be careful, be protective of the golden goose. Every time we're having a conversation about workers just getting their fair share, about workers being paid for their experience and for their is sacrifice. Is a 20% raise getting their fair share? I don't think it is. I mean, I, now, of course, that's, now let me say this. That's going to be up to you. Sure. That's going to be up to. I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but I don't think that is, especially with inflation. You know, you're talking about cutting into that by a significant amount. Sure. So it might only be a one percent increase if inflation is at twenty percent. So I think they're going to negotiate Coleman. that and work that out. And we're going to go out back, go to break real quick, pay the bills, come back on the other side of the break, and get some final thoughts. Plus, Charlie's taking let it rip on the road. <laughs> Every day you're out, the city of Detroit loses money. What do you think about that? That's 
not very good. I need a raise. And I'm not going for no dollar and 35 cent raise either. There's nothing against anyone making a profit, but you gotta share that profit. Is striking the best way to make your point? It should be since we've had lousy contracts. You think sometimes going on strike may, may not be the best way to do things? Well, what we have tried to do was negotiate several times and they seem not that they're, they're not hearing us. They don't want to adhere to our demands. So if they left us no other alternative. I've been here 24 years and I've gotten $6.02 raise. We've seen uh, hospitals, we've seen casinos, auto workers, uh, UPS drivers. Everyone seems to be going on strike. Is this a new trend? It's not a trend. It's just a fortunate economic time. So I'll be 81 in February and I'm a damn good worker. 81 years old, walking the picket line right now. These workers are the backbone of our community. That no one can argue. I don't care what side of the coin you're on. So the question is, how much longer can this go? And how is this gonna end, James? It would be best if this strike did not become a general strike. Let's, let's get back to work. Let's remember that we're all neighbors and brothers here and we you know, like to be prosperous. Coleman? I just say equal pay for equal work. And I think that if you have people who literally died in order to keep the casinos open, if you have people who literally took the shirt off their back and sacrificed for these companies to make the billions of dollars of profits and windfall they're making, they deserve to get paid for that. Charlie, how long does this last? It's gonna last a while. I think, there's, I think they're fall apart, far apart both on the auto industry and the casinos as well. We gotta thank all of you for watching. We wanna thank all all of our workers for bearing what they're bearing right now. It's a heavy weight and one that they hope will continue to uh, make a point. We'll see how this ends. We'll be watching every step of the way. That does it for this edition of Let It Rip.